This episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast was brought to you by InSkin Cosmetics. Hello and welcome to the Beauté Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauté Industry, Tamara Reid. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. Today, my guest is Lexi Choate-Bouli from Skin by Lexi. From the beginning of her teenage years, Lexi knew that skin and beauty was her jam. Moving swiftly through the ranks of esthetician through to master trainer, Lexi harnessed her knack for client conversations and turned them into client conversions through retail and sales prescriptions. After years of working for others, a moment of clarity struck in what has been the most uncertain of times where the global pandemic pushed Lexi to jump into business ownership for herself. Now, Lexi is living her best life as she sets boundaries, leads with the soul and regains her balance back to a comfortable place for herself, her family and her clients. Here's Lexi and I for Beauty Industry. Lexi, welcome to the Beauty Industry podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No, I so appreciate your time. You are over in the US. It is 8 p.m. You're winding down for the day. And I really just want to say thank you, first of all, because um, as we just were talking about offline, you've got a little one, I've got a little one. So I know how 8 p.m. looks like in um, baby land. (laughs) Yes. Lots of uh, Peppa Pig and lots of uh, cuddles, you know, we're watching on TV, all that. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, hey, we are going to go in in a little bit of sense of a rewind back to the start of your career. Um, and I want to know, how did you enter into the professional aesthetic and beauty industry? Yeah, so um, I went to beauty school when I was about 16 or 17. So there was a program in my high school district, it was called the Regional Occupational Program. And so I was able to enroll in beauty school and do that as an elective. And so I would do my half two classes, as I would call them, like English, math, science, social studies. Um, And then I would go ahead and go to beauty school from about 1 p.m. to 9 o'clock at night. And I think I finished the 600 hours that are mandated by the state of California Um, I started in August of 2009, and then I finished by December of 2009. So I did it pretty quick, and I had my aesthetics license before I had my high school diploma. So that was really a cool accomplishment and a um, a total plus because the school district actually paid your tuition and they paid everything for you. So that's a really cool program. I don't know if they they have those programs now um, because I know that the school budgets are kind of um, up in the air with that, but definitely it's something that I recommend to any young person who is even remotely interested, because if you can get that help and that financial assistance, um, when so many people are still paying back student loans for that, it's a big advantage. 
Absolutely. Did you know prior to going into beauty school and doing that elective that um, beauty and aesthetics was something that you wanted to do or did you just think, I'm just going to wing it and see if I like it and figure out the rest when we cross that bridge? You know, I think back to, I think back to that time and it seems like a hundred years ago now, but I, I have an aunt who was an esthetician then, and she didn't really do skincare or waxing. I think she actually worked for Mac cosmetics, but I remember thinking that she was so cool because she worked for Mac and she was involved in makeup and it was such a fun industry. And then, um, I had my own skin issues. I had, um, pretty bad acne when I was probably started around 13 or so. And I just knew I wasn't happy with my skin and I had gone to dermatologists and they had given me different prescriptions, which replaced one problem for another. And so I really wanted to figure out how to fix my skin, but also help other people who were going through the same battles that I was. Yeah, super cool. So when you finished um, out of beauty school, you're still quite young, maybe like 17 going on 18 then. Yeah. Uh, What did you do? Did you go straight into industry or did you need, you know, anything else to finish your high school um, certificates? I remember that about a week after my high school graduation, that then I started um, interviewing with the European Wax Center. Do you guys have European Wax Centers there or is that a U.S. thing? Might be U.S. Okay. So it is like a waxing chain um, where they just do waxing. They just use hard wax. And I started there. And um, I think within, I don't know, maybe six to 10 months or so, I became a trainer there. And then I became a regional trainer for them. And I did a lot of store launches and um, like store refreshes, we would call them and I would retrain the staff, things like that. And probably by the time I'm going to say two years into that, I worked there for five years and two years in, I was the top sales in the nation Wow! for them. And so I kind of hit a place after that where it's like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, we're at the, we're at the top of what this is going to be. So, um, let's, let's expand. And that's when I went to a local spa and I got into more of the skincare facial side of the industry. Very cool. So you were top sales in the nation with waxing, I think over here in Australia, and it might be the same over in the US, but um, therapists and estheticians sometimes have like a barrier between retailing and sales with waxing. And they, they always say, oh, you know, it's so much easier to talk to a client about skincare if we're doing a facial. So can I ask you, like, do you have any tips and tricks on talking to clients about products when, you know, you might be downstairs doing a Brazilian? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So when we, I know that the Wax Center has totally grown now and they have a whole product line, but back in the day we had like three or four products. So it was a, it was a body wash. It was a ingrown hair serum. And I think uh, more of like a gamage exfoliant. And those were the three that we had. And so pretty much with waxing, you know that ingrowns are going to happen if your client isn't doing the proper home care, right? So it's, it's very much a disservice if you don't educate your client on, hey, we got to make sure we're using an unscented body wash every single day. We got to exfoliate and put on some sort of an ingrown hair product. So each client should go home with at least a wash, you know, that's safe for bikini area waxing an ingrown hair product and maybe like a loofah or um, spa cells is a good antimicrobial mitt, but um, every client should have that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just about opening up the conversation. You know, you don't know a client's going to say no or not today until you ask them. You know, I think sometimes That's right. we're so in our heads and we're like, oh, she's definitely going to say no. Um, but then when we ask, they say yes. And sometimes we get surprised by the client. Right. And I think the best thing I ever heard was don't spend someone's money for them. Because I think that sometimes you're talking to somebody and it may seem to you like, oh, maybe this younger uh, teen doesn't have the funds for this routine, but really you don't know that grandma gifted them a whole, you know, gift card to get their whole routine set up for them. So don't spend their money for them. Your job is to educate. And then the client is, it's up to them to choose what works for their budget and their routine. I love that. That is a great piece of advice there. So you moved over into spa, started doing facials. Is that where you kind of like your light bulb turned on and you were like, this is my jam. I love skin now. You know what? I feel like, I I feel like it was because I, when I was younger, I felt like it was so much of the waxing that I had fun with. It was the fast paced, um, move them in, move them out. And then as you get a couple of years into the industry, you're like, man, my, my adrenaline isn't what it used to be, you know, and you don't want to run on, on, you know, empty all the time. And so it was nice to have that switch of where I was going from back-to-back clients every 15 minutes to like, okay, I can actually be in the moment with the client, be present, be grounded and um, really give them an experience rather than waxing, which is sometimes just a a maintenance, like, you know, get it done. No one wants to be tortured for hours getting hair pulled mm-hmm. out, but skincare is so much different. So I definitely say that waxing is still my first love. Um, but facials has just really taken over my, my interest now. Yeah. Very cool. Was there a defining moment where you wanted to become your own business owner in your career? I never wanted to own my own business. I was so afraid of all of the taxes or the math or the ordering or the business license, all of the things, right? I think that we are so led to believe that it's so much harder than it is, you know? And um, I was so afraid of all the things. And then I was on maternity leave when the pandemic happened. So my son was three months old when COVID happened. And I, I was naive to think that this would all end in a couple of weeks. I thought, cool, you know, 14 more days of maternity leave and that's fine. And let's hang out for a little while and, you know, not go places and then look what it turned into. So it was probably about August of 2020. I started to think like, well, do I want to go back to a spa setting right now? and have this exposure that isn't necessary for me to do my career, right? I still have to go to work. I still have to see clients. So how can we do this and um, have less exposure to, you know, when I come home to my son, that's my first priority. And so I told my husband, I said, listen, I think, I think I'm going to have to start my own business. And he looked at me like, what? We have an infant. We're in a global crisis and no one knows what tomorrow's going to be. Sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And, um, that's how it started. So my, my fear of, um, COVID and, you know, my, my want to put my family first and their health first definitely overtook my fear of taxes. I just got an accountant and that's fine. (laughs) So, um, but no, I never, I never imagined owning a business. And how do you feel now that you are a business owner? Do you feel in control? Do you feel like some days the wheel is just spinning off and we're trying to run away and catch it or? (laughs) 
You know, I, I will say that I am so thankful. It's a weird thing to say you're thankful for the pandemic because I, I, I say that sensitively in the sense of it's such a terrible thing of what's going on and so many people and lives have been affected negatively. And I am thankful that it pushed me out of my comfort zone to say, okay, well, let's pivot since we don't want to go down this road anymore. Let's, let's figure out a new path to go down. And so, um, I'm so thankful for that, that push, but yes, I'm, I know now that it is definitely the path I'm supposed to be on, but you know, when we first opened and then we were shut down for a couple months, I'm looking like, okay, well, hopefully this was the right idea. Hopefully we can do waxing again and facials again. Um, I mean, if they shut down Disneyland, I'm like, well, I, there's no hope for me. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I definitely, you know, in the beginning it was, it was nerve wracking. It was scary to, you know, tell a spa that I was at for, for five years, Hey, um, I'm going to go on my own right now in the middle of such uncertainty in 2020. And um, but yes, it was, it's so amazing. I feel so much in control of my schedule um, there are the days where you're like, oh, dang, I forgot to order that. Okay. I got to do that, you know, but, but it's just you, but definitely staying organized and making lists has helped me a lot. Absolutely. Very courageous with a little one and a pandemic, but it sounds like, um, it's one of the best decisions you've ever made. Um, and your 100%. business, your business does specialize in skin. Um, when you were opening the business, was this quite a conscious choice that you wanted to decide on or were you kind of just like I'll just open and we'll just see how we go and we'll do a bit of everything and then you kind of found your way into skin a little bit later down the track I definitely cut down my service offerings from when I was at the spa so when I was at the spa I was doing waxing I was doing a little bit of lash extensions which was not my love whatsoever um but you know when you're someone's in employee, you, you do what you need to do. I also did bridal makeup, which I did enjoy. Um, and then the skincare and I knew that I wanted to not do the bridal makeup or the lashes anymore. So I kind of honed down on just waxing and the, the skincare aspect of it. So definitely cut down my service listing. And that made me a little bit nervous at first, like, well, um, you, you know, you're cutting off things that you offer, but honestly, it's been such a huge time in skincare. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like so many people have opened their minds up to skincare when they haven't before, because so many of us realized when we were in quarantine, that if you don't take care of you and you don't have that time to reset, or you don't have that time to take care of yourself no one else is going to do it for you. And that's what I hear from a majority of the new clients that I'm meeting now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good time for the carers to care for themselves as well, because therapists and estheticians are always giving and they're always, you know, offering their energy and their services. And though, you know, lockdown and staying in your house is not advisable, obviously we want to be in the treatment room, but sometimes it is nice to just go, okay, what do I need? Is that, you know, upskilling or is that a day on the couch watching Netflix? Is it, you know, a mm-hmm. nine step skincare routine and give myself some self-love so yeah I think sometimes it is nice to just bring it back and and fill our own cup up right exactly and I think that's so important because I think that the burnout 
in the industry that everybody talks about, you know, it's like the taboo word, but I feel like the burnout can happen. And, and, you know, when you are giving, giving, giving yourself, like you said, your energy and um, your, you know, your, your mental space to your clients, you really have to refill that cup or you will feel that all I'm doing is giving. You really have to recharge your batteries in that sense. After the break, loads more practical advice from Lexi. But first, a word from today's beauty partner. In Skin Cosmetics, winner of the ABIA Best Business Performance for 2020, don't have stockists or clients. They have partners. CEO Maria Enacocciolone says, we use the word partner because we partner with each other's dream in the quest for healthy skin and healthy business. Our philosophy is win-win and we remain committed to supporting our partners through the challenges and when popping the champagne in celebration. To book a presentation, call InSkin HQ on 02-9712-8188 and mention the code BEAUTYINSKIN to receive a 3T ritual, which is a gorgeous trio of Australian-made naturopathy-formulated teas using certified organic ingredients to create calm and presence in your everyday when you meet with your local InSkin BDM. Thank you so much to the team at InSkin for making this episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Lexi. So you've been in the industry for almost a decade now, just over a decade, actually. My goodness, time flies. You're Um, telling me. (laughs) (laughs) What have you seen to be the biggest changes in business since you first started? I mean, you were touching base on there about some of the clients now are more savvy in terms of skin and obviously estheticians are more savvy in terms of skin as well. Um, Any kind of changes that you've noticed uh, across the time? I feel like the biggest change is ingredients and and knowing more. I, I when I went to beauty school, it was all about just getting the result and really ingredients and what they did and even um, bigger than the beauty industry, even just like organic foods and pesticides really weren't a thing or a topic that was talked about. Um, there wasn't an organic section, you know, in the grocery stores, things like that, and so definitely knowing what we are putting in our products and what we're putting on our body has been a big shift of, of product lines in general. I, I think that um, you guys have a better um, grasp on what should be in products and what is right. Like the, the U S doesn't really have a, a large list of ingredients that are outlawed. Mm. Um, but in your guys's skincare, it's definitely a lot safer. And and we try to myself, I try to use lines that are also carried um, in the EU or Australia, things like that, where you guys are having such a better grasp on what's going into the products. But here in the US kind of we're like, well, if anything goes, you can use whatever. (laughs) But there's been such a big shift on us becoming our own advocates of, hey, we don't want to use parabens anymore. Let's yank them out of products. And I think in even the last like three to five years, now you're seeing uh, companies like, you know, over-the-counter lines that are coming out with commercials and saying, hey, we're taking these things out of our products finally. And I feel like that's very overdue, but at least it's happening now. Absolutely. And I think sometimes 
if more well, product owners kind of feel, feel like if it's not broken, let's not fix it, you know, and until enough estheticians or enough clients and there's enough pushback, they're not going to change it because why should they, you know, it's, it's a good product. It works, it gets results. So, you know, though it might not be the safest product, um, you know, it's still selling like hotcakes off our shelf. But if we keep asking, Hey, we don't want skin lighteners or whiteners rather, I should say, or we don't want parabens or, you know, we don't want those nasties only when we're kind of loud enough, then it falls on, on ears that are listening. Oh, absolutely. And I think that for such a long time, I mean, I, when being so young in the beauty industry, I don't even think that chemicals was a thought in my mind, right? It was how to fix your skin and look good. And and that was it. So I think that, yeah, you're right. Once there is enough people who are standing up and saying, Hey, well, we won't use that anymore. So until you think of a better way to make it, we're not going to carry your product. And finally, that's making some shifts. It seems like here. Yeah, fantastic. I'm interested to know how you've navigated some of the challenges that you've faced in business. Obviously, you opened during a global pandemic, which is just a challenge in itself. Are there any kind of tips or, you know, uh, behavioral traits or upskill or anything that you've kind of got in your tool belt now so that when you have a new challenge, you're like, right, I can just whip that out. I've got the resilience and I'm going to push forward. Yeah, well, definitely when I first was making a business plan and just, you know, writing down all the things you need, right? Because when you're an employee um, at a spa or a location, all the things are provided to you. And so I kind of would sit, you know, after I put the baby to bed, right? I'd be sitting up and I'm on my iPad, like, okay, what are all the things that I need? And Um, definitely there's a lot of good platforms out there. So Facebook and Instagram, I feel like there's a a bigger beauty community than there ever has been. Um, I feel like there's such a, um, community over competition, which is, which is really nice to see. So I would message different estheticians who I had looked up to in the industry and say, Hey, you know, I'm looking to bring this on. What are your thoughts on this line? Or there's Facebook groups that, estheticians can talk and network to each other. And I'm like, Hey guys, what treatment table are we liking these days? What do I need for that? You know, the little things where you just want another opinion. And and so much as estheticians, we are the one, the only one in the room, right? We're the only one calling the shots. And so it's an industry um, different than hair because hairstylists, they, they all have each other right next to each other usually. And they can say, Hey, what do you think, what volume, whatever developer should I use on this? And with us, it's kind of like, all right, hopefully this is the right idea. (laughs) So it's nice to have that community, though they're not working with you and they're not in the room with you. It's nice to have that second opinion on things. So definitely reaching out to others in the beauty industry. And, And I answer messages all the time from people who are like, hey, where'd you get this machine? Where did you find this? And I'm like, yeah, totally. Here, here are the links for it. You know, I, I definitely am a big believer in there's so many client possibilities out there, right? If you do facials, everyone has a face. That's a huge client probability, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no need for me to try to take all the clients of the world. I can't possibly do that with my two hands. So helping other estheticians and um, helping them grow their business only is, you know, good energy and good juju for when I need help from someone that I'll get that same back. So that definitely was a big help to overcome some of the challenges going on. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm obsessed with you. Community over competition oh. <laughs> is our yeah. tagline. And like, I cannot. Oh, is it? I, yeah. Yes. Oh, I maybe I read that and it got stuck in my head. That's good. One. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. Like we can't say it enough and I've never thought about that. Everyone has a face. So like why are we trying to fight for that extra client? You know, if they don't resonate with your business, they're going to find another one and be happy for that business. I love that so much. Yeah, absolutely. I think that for a long time it was like, well, you know, people would feel like I'm the best and and, and everybody should go to me and this and that. And over time I really learned that that you have to – be okay with knowing that okay maybe you won't vibe with every client you know and and that's all right and they can go and they can find like you said another technician and be super happy and be happy that that client and that technician are so happy together and someone else will come through your door um there's plenty of possibilities Absolutely. Um, when it comes to building your business, do you follow, you know, a strategy? I know you mentioned before a business plan, or do you kind of just go with the flow and let your soul kind of guide you? Well, I've only been, you know, really in business now seven months, so I can only speak to a short amount of time. A lot has happened in that seven months though. Oh (laughs) man, a lot has happened. Yeah. You know, I've got a couple awards under my belt now, which is cool for a local magazine that we have and um, some cool things happening, but mostly just going with the flow. Like I said, I have um, different apps and, and lists and things like that to keep me accountable to know, okay, Hey, even though I'm home today, you know, with the baby, I'm home. Um, I work four days and I'm off three. So I'm home with my son. And even on those days where I'm off, you know, when he's taking a nap or he's playing, I still have to place orders and I still have to check in, you know, and and do inventory counts and things like that. So um, definitely there's somewhat of a business plan now, but really the plan's just to make sure you have enough product, make sure that the clients are happy and, and, you know, drink some coffee along the way. That's mostly what it is now. Maybe I'll have a better answer in a year or so. (laughs) I think, look, you've done very well opening a business um, in a pandemic. So I think, you know, just hold on to your seat and um, make it through this year. And and that's about as good as we can get at the moment. Right. Um, Absolutely. Therapists are often often empaths, right? We we feel a lot for our clients, and um, you know when they say things like, you know, oh, it was really hard to pay for the rent this week, or um, you know, my my husband has lost his job. We kind of go, oh, and we really feel that in our stomach as well. Um, I'm interested to know how you enforce hard things like cancellation scripts, for example, especially when you're running your own business and it's just you. You know, if that client cancels you're standing around for an hour, an hour and a half. Um, How do you enforce things like that with heart? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I remember when I was training, um, you know, different technicians over the years and and I would have technicians say, well, you know, they only booked a a mini service, but I, I had some extra time. So I just did the longer service and didn't charge them because of whatever reasons, you know, financial that they shared things like that. And as a, um, as a technician and as their educator, I would tell them, you know, really think of it this way, right? This is how you're paying your bills. If 
if they really couldn't swing it this month and they really couldn't get a service, that client wouldn't come in. The fact that they're here and they have a little, you know, slush fund wiggle room, you know, for their beauty services, they, they have had that money set aside. So though there are times where clients will try to say, you know, times are tough right now, or I can't afford this. I, I kind of just go, okay, well then let's, you know, wait till next time to add that on, or let's wait till next time for you to pick up that product. You can't put yourself out for, um, for the client, because at the end of the day, you're running a business. And at the end of the day, this is how you pay your bills. So, um, you know, if, if I can't afford, um, a trip to, to Florida, I won't take the trip. You know, I, I know that I won't do that, but I know that, Hey, yeah, I'm going to go get that dress and I have the funds for that. So I think that that's very much what we have to remember. If the client couldn't afford to get that service, they wouldn't be here doing it. So don't, don't try to bend too much, but then on the flip side, as a person, you do feel bad. And, you know, when clients call me and they say, Hey, I have to cancel, you know, there was a family emergency. Most of the time I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like family is where you need to be. And if something happened, don't worry, I'm not going to charge you. Um, you know, if it's a continuous problem and all of their family members all the, all the time have emergencies, that's, that's one thing, but yeah, you know, that the side of me that goes, Hey, you know, family's where you need to be if something happened or if you're sick, obviously now, um, if someone says they're sick, I'm not going to charge them. I'm not going to take their money for that because of the time that we're in. But yeah, it is a hard line to be compassionate and also keep your business going. Mm, firm but fair. So I try sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so speaking of secrets, you um, not only have become your own business owner, but you've also created training and education courses for others. Why or what made you want to share your secrets and, and help others? I mean, obviously you were saying before, it is that community over competition, um, but you're still in startup phase very much yourself. You know, I feel like we don't really leave the startup phase until like three to five years in. Um, but, but what made you want to go, okay, I'm not only going to open my own business, but I'm also going to help people at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, I've always been in education. So at, um, at the job where I just did waxing and at the spa, um, I took over the education for the spa, probably about six months in, there was three trainers who had a lot more experience than me, you know, and it was, it was scary to come into that and be like, Oh, do I know enough, you know, to stand next to these remarkable women. But, um, I, I took over education and did all that. And I, I always found that if I can help someone to be better and have more confidence and be able to handle those tough client situations that, that do happen to all of us, whether it's personal, it's technique, things like that. If I can help them to know what to do, then, then like I said, it's, it's good energy. It's good for me when I, when I maybe need help from somebody, when I, um, I'm first learning a different line or I'm learning a different service. And it, it makes me feel good to know like, oh man, that esthetician is doing so well now. And maybe I just had like a glimmer of just support to them. And, and that's really cool to see that they're doing well. Um, but yes, right now is kind of the first time in my career that I haven't been physically training people. Um, 
but definitely people always message me and, you know, I'm always, I'm always open to help. Um, if I can provide any guidance and share, you know, the links to, to the classes that I like to take things like that. Um, but yeah, just being able to, to help and to help our community grow. Um, I think that it's, it's nice to be able to have that, that bond between people. Absolutely. Um, in your career thus far, what's been one of the biggest lessons that you've taken away and you'd like to share with others so that perhaps they don't make that mistake or perhaps they can take something from your lesson? Man, I, I think that the biggest thing, and it came up recently um, on one of my posts I did, and um, it got the most attention. And I, I didn't even think that it would blow up like this, but it did. It got so much attention. I have since taken the post down because the comments were just flooding. Um, I, I think it's really important for us to remember that we're going to have clients, like I kind of mentioned before, that don't always love us, right? You can do everything right. You can be the perfect, sweet demeanor, or you can be um, the, the best facial technique, things like that. And, and still you may not be somebody's cup of tea, so to say. And so I had posted that I had gotten a negative review. It it's a long story of what, of what happened, but pretty much our personalities just didn't blend. And I decided to end that business relationship because the second most important lesson I've learned is to protect your energy in your treatment room. Um, if you are feeling nervous or anxious about a certain client, it's probably not a good match. There's, there's some reason why in your, you know, the pit of your, your stomach that you feel that way. So I decided to end that relationship and, and I had posted it online that I had, of course, the client was upset that we broke up, right? No one likes to be broken up with. And I got a bad review and I posted it so that other estheticians who maybe are newer in their careers could see that, Hey, it's okay that this was posted and it's totally fine. And it's not going to affect the other 50 clients I'm seeing this week. You know, they're still going to be booked. They're going to be like, that's not my experience with Lexi. That's okay. And um, I think that as a younger, not just age-wise, but younger in the industry, that review really would have hurt me. And it probably would have, I would have thought about it forever, um, you know, and, and let it kind of ruin my day more than I would now. I'd go, eh, well, that's okay. We strive to get everybody to love us, but it's sometimes not going to happen. So I think that those two lessons of, of being okay with maybe not being fit, the fit for everybody, but also protecting your energy and protecting and, and following your intuition. I find that a lot of us as estheticians that were very intuitive and whether you realize it or not, even when you're doing a facial and you feel like this person needs a lot more of the facial massage and relaxation, um, then you usually do. Right. And you do that. And then at the end of the service, they're like, you know what, that was so amazing. I'm going through a really hard time right now. That's what I needed. Um, I have goosebumps as I say that, because I think that we've all had those experiences where you're like, man, I, I felt that I'm glad I followed that. Um, so yeah, following your intuition and, and trusting yourself. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's okay that not everybody likes you. I mean, you know, look at McDonald's and Hungry Jack's. Do you guys have Hungry Jack's in the US? 
No, but it sounds great. <laughs> it's it's like <laughs> McDonald's, really. You know, it's yeah. it's a very similar chain. Um, you know, and you look at those, and you might be a McDonald's client, or you might be a Hungry Jack's client. You know, McDonald's is not sitting there at night crying over all of the clients that are going to Hungry Jack's. It just is what it is. It's business. But sometimes us as therapists, because it's such a personal service, and we know all of the clients, we really do take that to heart. But I love that. You know, there's so many different personality types out there. Um, you can be the most juiciest, perfect peach in the fruit bowl and somebody still just won't like peaches at the end of the day. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's, that's what is so important. Um, I had all these comments of people being like, oh man, I had a bad review and I felt so ashamed of it. And now I feel like, Hey, it's okay. It didn't, it didn't hurt me. You know, like it is what it is. Like you said, McDonald's, Ronald McDonald is not upset about people going to the hungry jacks. So <laughs> I love that. That's so true. <laughs> well, Lexi, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come and chat with me. You are an absolute breath of fresh air and I really love your perspective. And um, yeah, hopefully some of our audience, well, I know, I don't hope, but um, I know that a lot of what you've said there will have landed on a positive note and you'll definitely help start their week off. So thank you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful human. So much advice in there for you all on both a personal and professional level of career and life. And I hope you absolutely adored today's conversation like I did. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast and to you who are leaving us the most incredible reviews in your podcast app. They make our entire team smile when we see them. If you're keen to find out more about Lexi or if you want to shoot her a DM to tell her how much you loved the advice that she provided, you can do so by searching for and following her over on the gram at Skin by Lexi. I'm sure by now you know that you can find more Beauté goodness over at beautéindustry.com for our magazine, Club Beauté, shop and so much more. Until next time, stay connected.